This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Lawmakers have introduced bills this session that say they protect single-sex spaces like one called the Women's Bill of Rights. They're touting this as the Women's Bill of Rights, and yet it doesn't actually give women any new rights. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. A bill introduced to the West Virginia Senate would make television and public venues more accessible for people with hearing loss. Jack Walker has the story. The West Virginia Senate is currently considering a bill that would require televisions and public venues display closed captions. Senator Mike Caputo, a Democrat from Marion County, proposed Senate Bill 251, which would require that one half of a public establishment's televisions display closed captioning. Venues affected by the pending legislation would range from bowling alleys and sports venues to college campuses and government facilities. The bill makes exceptions for televisions that lack a closed captioning function. Ultimately, the bill stipulates that places of public accommodation should make a reasonable effort to provide the service and remove the onus of requesting it from patrons. Now, the bill is under review by the Senate Government Organization Committee, which appointed a subcommittee on Tuesday to consider it further. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Jack Walker in Shepherdstown. The Senate advanced a bill that would change rules for wineries in the state. Brianna Heaney has more. Senate Bill 320 would remove the current requirement for wineries to also serve food when serving wine. Mike Stewart, a Republican from Kanawha County, says the bill is good for the state business climate. This seems to be a smart move and uh, less regulation, more freedom. I trust people to do the right thing on this. The idea of whether there's a cracker there isn't going to save somebody's life. I don't think it adds anything to the bill. He says deregulation in the industry could bolster the vineyard and wine industry and aid tourism. However, he says this is just a small change to deregulation of alcohol and drug sales, unlike a bill that the House sent over to the Senate that legalizes making moonshine or introduced legislation on the legalization of recreational marijuana. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Brianna Heaney in Charleston. Two West Virginia culinary mainstays are coming together for flavor and charity. Chris Schultz has more. Mr. B Potato Chips and Tudor's Biscuit World have joined together to offer a new biscuit and gravy flavored potato chip. Marianne Kettleson is the co-owner of Mr. B. She says it was a team effort to test and retest Tudor's iconic biscuits to make sure they got the chip flavor just right. It doesn't help your way, believe me, but we've always done that. With any any new product, we like to get it, you know, other people involved so that we can finally make a decision. And it works well, I think. A portion of the sales of every chip bag will support the work of Make-A-Wish West Virginia. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. Gail Manchin, the federal co-chair of the Appalachian Regional Commission and wife of U.S. Senator Joe Manchin, is in the hospital in Birmingham, Alabama, after she and a commission staff member were involved in a car crash. The commission and Senator Manchin's office said Gail Manchin and Guy Land, a congressional liaison, were in Birmingham for a grant workshop when another car struck their vehicle on Monday. Land and Manchin were transported to the University of Alabama Birmingham Hospital. Gail Manchin is in stable condition, her husband's office said, and she will remain there for a few days as a precaution.
Gail Manchin was nominated to lead the 13-state commission in 2021 by President Joe Biden and confirmed by the Senate. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 748. Mostly cloudy skies today, a slight chance of rain or snow in the morning, highs in the 40s. Tonight, a chance of rain or snow with lows in the 30s. Partly sunny tomorrow with highs in the 40s and 50s. Support for WVPB is provided by the West Virginia Land Trust, protecting special places for local communities. Details at wvlandtrust.org. And by Good News Mountaineer Garage, a nonprofit organization accepting donated vehicles to help a West Virginian get on the path to economic independence. More at goodnewsmountaineergarage.com. Lawmakers have introduced bills this session that they say protect single-sex spaces. Advocates with LGBTQ rights organizations, though, say the legislation follows a pattern of singling out transgender people for discrimination. Curtis Tate spoke with Eli Bombwell, Interim Executive Director of the ACLU-WV, and Isabella Cortez, Gender Policy Manager for Fairness West Virginia, about those efforts. I want to start by talking about uh, what, the, what they are, they're calling the Women's Bill of Rights. Um, uh, the governor came out and endorsed it yesterday. Um, what should we know about that, Isabella? You know, frankly, the very first thing I would say about this bill is that it's insulting. So uh, they're touting this as the Women's Bill of Rights, and yet it doesn't actually give women any new rights, and it doesn't protect any of the rights that women already have. Uh, All it really does is restricts the rights of some women. And it's, like you said, the governor had a press conference about this yesterday with the uh, Independent Women's Voice, who... uh, These are out-of-state lobbyists who take money from the Koch brothers, and they use this dark money to, you know, oppose the Equal Rights Amendment, to oppose the Paycheck Fairness Act. And last year, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, they, uh, they downplayed the significance of that and the severe and significant adverse effects that that has on women's health and their rights across the country. So... Again, saying that this is a women's bill of rights is just quite honestly laughable. Well, would it be correct to say that, that the bill could enable discrimination against transgender women specifically? That, that would be correct, yes. So what the bill, and you know, Eli is here, and I'm sure he can get much more into the effects downstream, but what the bill does is it very rigidly micromanages the definitions of male and female and also has um, has these uh, provisions for you know private single sex space facilities so yes this bill is no easy way to say it aside from an early attempt to legislate transgender people out of existence Uh, now eli this is not necessarily a new push here in in west virginia or any other state for that matter from the aclu's perspective what uh what 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 are your concerns 
Well, I want to echo what, what Isabella said. You, you know, this really isn't a Bill of Rights in any way. And, and the ACLU, we are an organization that cares a lot about the Bill of Rights. So, um, you know, it's really concerning to see them take that language and co-opt it um, in a way that restricts the rights of people, particularly trans people. It doesn't actually in, incur any new rights. Um, it does fly in the face of evolving case law around ensuring that trans people have fair and equal access to um, spaces that are, are um, co- that coincide with their gender identity. Um, so it's really concerning to see them do that. It's also very concerning to see the legislature try to um, override science to decide what and how uh, sex is determined and gender is determined. So these are just some of the concerns that we have as we watch this piece of legislation um, get introduced and, and some of the rhetoric around it. Well, let's um, take this chance to talk about something related. Uh, there's a bill called HB 4806, which um, is is kind of, you, you might call it a, a, a bathroom bill. It's very seems to be very similar to, to what other states have enacted uh, that would that would restrict uh, transgender people from using the appropriate uh, restroom or locker room in a school. Um, now, I think when you testified in, in a House committee on this, you mentioned that that there, there was a case, uh, a case that went to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, in Virginia, uh, and and the rights uh, the right of a a transgender male student was actually protected to, to use uh, the, the the restroom that was appropriate for him, and and I think you said that that should should this bill become law, it has the same sort of legal problems perhaps that 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 policy did in Virginia. Could you explain that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And so the, the case um, was was the case of, of Grimm versus Glucoster County Schools. Uh, it was decided in 2020. Um, and after sort of a long, winding legal battle, the Fourth Circuit came out and very forcefully said, trans identity is real, trans identity is valid. It is important that we protect trans people. And one of the ways we do that is by giving them access to bathrooms. And very forcefully said, it is unconstitutional to restrict people or even to give them just single-sex spaces or single-use spaces and say, only you are allowed to do that, but you've got to sort of segregate, segregate yourself from the rest of the population. It's separate but equal. And I know that, that some people have thought that they could potentially repair the deficits in this bill by adding that single-use space. Um, but again, the Fourth Circuit looked at that and said, that is not okay. Um, and so this bill is, is very, very similar. And, and worth pointing out that the Fourth Circuit is controlling for West Virginia. So West Virginia courts are bound to follow the Fourth Circuit. It's worth pointing out that the Supreme Court was asked to review this case and made a decision not to review it, to let the Fourth Circuit decision stand. Um, That was in 2021. I think it's also worth noting, as we consider the wisdom of passing legislation like this, that this one case cost uh, the county schools $1.3 million in attorney fees to litigate unsuccessfully. So there are a lot of problems with trying to pursue policy like this. That was Eli Baumwell and Isabella Cortez speaking with Curtis Tate about legislation singling out transgender people. Visit our website to hear the rest of that conversation and tune in every weeknight at 6 p.m. to the legislature today. 
West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Jack Walker, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yowie. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.